Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of A Case for the FBI, Cross-Examining Reality. I'm Cassie. And I'm Kristen. And today we're going to start out with a little bit of some celebrity news, if you will. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about Mr. Nick Cannon's (laughs) eighth baby being born on Monday. Eighth. So you mean one more than seven and one less than nine. Exactly. Um, And I'm not holding him to eight. Honestly, I would not be surprised if it continued on. I actually had heard before and like, guys, like this might not be true. So I apologize. I've just heard it in the, through the grapevine (laughs) that he has like lupus or something. And he like feels like he should populate the earth because he's not going to be around forever or something what along those lines um so he's giving me like good doctor vibes. oh my gosh yes dr klein where you at yeah here's your man's he'll carry on the legacy i think the most interesting thing to me here is honestly the name that they chose. Let me hear. I need to know the name. Okay. Legendary. The name is literally legendary. Uh Uh-huh. Legendary Canon. I'm assuming that the last name is Canon. Is that, is that right? Yes. Um, and so they figured it out because so the mom, Brie Taisi, perhaps. Okay. Um, did a full natural birth. Wow. No drugs, did it at home. Nick was there with her. Um, and she apparently posted an 11 minute video on YouTube of it. Of her birth? Mm-hmm. Wow. I can't say that I've seen it, so I cannot um attest to how intimate the video is yeah and I will say that I I I am not interested in watching it that is a personal moment for them and you know it should stay personal I want to say even though that I'm sure that's a very educational viewing um or maybe an OBGYN but not the public do you have any clarification on if they like is Nick Cannon with this woman or is she just a friend? Like what, what's the, what's the relationship status there? It seems like they might be, it's not clear to me just because like, if in all honesty, I don't keep up with Nick Cannon. The only time I see him is on mass singer who would as he's the host. Um, (laughs) but the comments that they kind of shared, like on Instagram and stuff, um like she put on a caption of her and the baby daddy showed the f up for us I can't believe oh wait sorry I couldn't have done it without you I can't believe he's here and he responded you never cease to amaze me full of passion drive focus brilliance and most importantly love so I mean that sounds to me like they're probably together yeah I mean that's a very kind thing to say yeah um so I'm just wondering like I know that he has the two children with Mariah Carey, mm-hmm. who he was at least dating, if not married. And they're twins. I think they were married. Yeah. Cause they're, I feel like they were together for a, a, minute. a minute. Like it was a while. Those are his oldest children, too. So he has had six kids since then. Yes. So. <clears throat> 
11-year-old twins, Monroe and Moroccan. Is that? Mariah. Right. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> um, and then he shares five-year-old Golden and 19-month-old Powerful Queen. Stop. With Brittany Bell. No. Her name is not Powerful Queen. <laughs> it sure is. She's 19 months old and her name is Powerful Queen. Is that one word or two words? It's two words. Do you think like first name powerful, middle name queen? Honestly, they're only putting first names. So there could be a middle name involved. There could be another name. It could be powerful queen, (laughs) Brittany Cannon. I don't know. All right, continue. Okay. And then there's 13 month old twins. Wow. Zion. Mick. Mixolydian, Mixolydian, and Zillion Air with Abby De La Rosa. Zillion Air. Yeah. No. Yeah. Two words though. Zillion and then Air, like H E I R. (gasps) Oh, see, I was thinking of like A I R E, as in like you're a zillionaire. No, he's Air. Air. It's. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that canon throne. <laughs> and then this one's kind of sad, but, and then he also had a son named Zen with Alyssa Scott who died in December 21 after being diagnosed with brain cancer. Oh yeah. That that's one is terrible. Sad. Yeah. Um, but he's pushing forward. Obviously that didn't deter him from, like you said, pushing a lot of things forward in his life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Well, congrats to Nick Cannon. That's a little (laughs) weird about the lupus thing. If that's true. Um, I don't know why you'd want to do that, but Uh, that yeah I don't know that's a very interesting situation because it's like you know if you you know if you pull a we're not going to get into it but if you pull like a Tristan Thompson you know Mm. and you like knock some someone up like you would think that you would learn from your lesson and like live your life a little bit differently but I feel like it's it's a whole different story when you have six children by well what is it eight children by five different baby moms yeah because two of them have twins Wow. Okay. But that also leads me to believe I'm like, how many of these women did you have to do IVF with? Because I mean, I understand that men are carriers of the twin trait, but Uh to have two sets of twins, that is a little strange. It seems a little, because the probability is not all that high. Yeah. Unless you're the Duggars and you have like 20 kids and then it's like, okay, statistically, you might, but like an eight. Yeah. Gosh. I don't know. It just makes me wonder if he did IVF or not. Yeah. That's really interesting. Or maybe like the moms were taking some sort of hormone that promoted fertility. Yeah. Who knows? Well, congratulations to all of the Canon children. I wonder if any of them will, um, you know, want to be famous. Yeah. I wonder what the dynamics are of all those kids. Like, do you think they like see each other? Do they all get together on Christmas? Right. That's what I'm wondering because like, I don't know, Mariah Carey seems like a spiteful woman to me. So like, I can't imagine her wanting her twins around 
like their siblings from different baby mamas with their dad yeah especially when like you said they were married and like it seemed that like you know they were a family and then now there are all these other children who aren't necessarily like in a typical household with the mom and the dad in a relationship right I don't know yeah. There's a, like, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered there. Gosh, like I'm, I swear God, he named his children all of the worst names I can think of. Yeah. Zillionaire. I mean, that is something else. That is clever. If nothing else. I mean, I feel like legendary is a pretty good one too. Yeah. And they kind of like alluded to the name by at the end of the video, they were like in the nursery and there was a neon sign that said legendary love. I see. Which I mean, that is cute, but like the name being legendary. I mean, that would, that only works with famous people. Like you wouldn't run into someone at Target who is named legendary. At least I don't think so. I mean, do you, can you imagine though? And like legendary and powerful queen, especially like, can you imagine the pressure that having your parents name you that puts on you? Like they expect you to be a powerful queen and they expect you to be legendary. It's in the name. I mean, what if powerful queen literally all she wants to do is like work at Sephora for the rest of her life? Like, what if that's genuinely what she wants? She can't because her parents named her powerful queen. Right. She has, she has to be a boss babe. She has no other option in this life. I know that's a lot of pressure. Um, so I know that we talked a lot last week about how I was going to see Nope. Mm -hmm. Um, have you gained any interest at all in the movie note since we talked about it last week? So, you know, what's really funny is actually I was watching, I think it was a, I think it might've been the Real Housewives of Atlanta or Beverly Hills one. And one of the commercials was actually a trailer for Nope. And I was like, of course, after we talked about it, it's right. on here. Um, I have to say, honestly, um, it didn't appeal to me. Really? I think it's the whole alien thing. I, okay. I, I just like, I don't know. I just feel like it's one of those things to me where I'm just like, if they are real, they have not fucked with us like ever. So they really don't care about us. Uh-huh. Like, why are we making them out to be these evil creatures? Like, I just don't care. And mm-hmm. I feel the same way about sharks, honestly, like oh. jaws. I'm not into it. Like, are you, are you afraid of sharks? I mean, if I was around one, hell yeah, I'd be afraid of sharks, but it's just one of those things where I'm like, I don't know. It's just like like not entertaining to me. I see. Okay. Like you, that's not your brand of horror. Yeah, definitely not. I feel like I group sharks and aliens together because it's like, I'm telling you, as soon you could tell me like, this is the best movie I've seen in my whole entire life. You mentioned a shark or an alien and I'm out. Like it just is immediately no for me. Immediately no. I've seen what I needed to see. Immediately no. Um, Okay. So then in which case I will keep my review short and sweet because. It does not need to be short. I'm very interested to hear your thoughts and opinions, especially since we all appreciate a good horror film some people have different opinions of me yeah and the director of course we support love and encourage so yes pop off sister so okay where to begin obviously I'm going to tread lightly here because no spoilers you know the whole 
deal. Um, so I'm also going to preface this by saying, I don't think I mentioned it last week, but I am not a horror movie girl. I yeah, do not like true. scary movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, except for Cassie and I did go see Candyman. Candyman. And it was, it was fine. I did okay. I mean, it was scary for sure. I was a little like freaked out for the rest of the day. Um, but I, I do- will admit I was not scared at all. Really? <laughs> oh, it was spooky. But I'm a horror movie thriller fanatic. Like I yeah. can watch like the conjuring and go to sleep. Oh my gosh. It, I am not like that at all. I do not seek out scary movies at all. Like I don't, I don't like watching them. Um, so that being said, nope is not that scary. Like if, uh-huh. if, if that's something that is deterring you listener who might be scared, it, it definitely is like thrilling in terms of, or like maybe not thrilling, more like suspenseful. Um, if you're into that sort of feeling there's, I mean, you know, there's like blood sometimes, but it's like nothing too crazy, you know? So if, if you're, if you're not into horror movies, I still say go for it. What I'm trying to get at is you should still see it. I give it a four out of five. Oh, okay. Um, I really, really liked it. It left me with a lot of questions in terms mm-hmm. of like what, like Jordan Peele is doing his job by making me actually think about the movie and think about like, why did he do that? Like, why? I feel like that's like what he's known for. Like when you watch us, like you're sitting there like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there are so many questions. Um, I, I, I would say I, like I said, I haven't seen us. I would not, I like get out more than I like. Nope. Um, but it was still so good. I love Daniel Kaluuya. The whole premise of it was kind of cool, but like we talked about, I mean, it basically we are psychic and that like he takes aliens, but he's doing a completely different thing with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like aliens. Like we've all seen an alien movie. We all like, that's a story that's very familiar to us, but he takes it and does something completely different with it. Interesting. So the thing is, I don't think that this is like a spoiler. The thing is, is that like, you know, you see the ship in the sky in the movies. We never actually see aliens. Interesting. So that's, that's the thing is that like, you see this thing in the sky, but we like, you don't entirely understand the threat. And that's, that's a big part of the movie too, is like them trying to understand the threat and like what this thing is and what it's doing and what it wants from them. Okay. Interesting. Um, and I will say it definitely is a movie that you will have to watch in theaters just because like it, it, it won't, like it won't do just like, you can't watch it. It'll lose some of the appeal. Yeah, exactly. So I watched it in IMAX and it also had like, you know, the crazy surround sound Mm -hmm. and what they were doing visually and with the sound was freaking crazy. Like sometimes it would be so loud and then other times it would be so quiet, you know, so being able to like hear those differences, I feel like is very important part of the experience. Right. And I mean, like the camera work that they're doing is so cool, especially, I mean, they live in a desert. So a lot of it's like desert shots and like looking out on the mountain. And obviously, if you like Daniel Kaluuya, you got to see it. So, okay. I'm not going to lie. You have piqued my interest a little bit more. Yeah. 
I mean, it, I was going to say, like, I don't know that I would pay to see it in theaters, but now I feel like I'm pretty convinced, but <laughs> you twisted my arm oh, that I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I do need to see it in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, it definitely, I enjoyed it. It definitely was an experience. And also too, like, I honestly might even see it a second time because now oh. that I know the story. Right. You're kind of like, if like, I go back, will I answer all those questions I had? Right. And like notice all these different things because also yeah. like Jordan Peele is so smart yeah. that I know he's doing all of these things sub subliminally that I'm not even noticing. Right. So when I go, like, if I were to watch you again, be like, okay, I know what happens in this scene and like, look at other things instead of just focusing on the plot the main thing. Yeah. So okay. I might do that. Um, I mean, we'll see, we'll see okay. how bored I get. <laughs> <laughs> there's also I mean there are also more movies out right now that kind of like have my interest okay um, I actually wanted to talk to you about one specifically because uh, I had really only seen really good reviews of it but then I finally saw someone saying it wasn't good the black phone or black phone or something like that yeah yeah I refuse to see that movie oh, again or <laughs> Right, right. I forgot. Damn. Okay. But I know that like it like Emily texted me that she wanted to watch it. Um, I mean, it's been in theaters for a while. Like oh, has it? Like over a month at least. It came out a while ago, but it's still in theaters, though. That's mm-hmm. a thing. But if you do want to see it and you were really trying to see it in theaters, then you should probably go soon. Okay. Um, yeah. But I don't know anything about it. See, that's like, I'm not into horror. Like, I don't even know what it's about. I couldn't tell you anything about it because I just like blinders on to that because I just, I'm not interested. Well, and to be completely frank, the person who reviewed it, like it was someone that was just like, oh, it wasn't scary. And I was like, is that Mm. all that you base your opinion of a movie on? Because like sometimes horror or thriller or whatever it's classified as takes a little bit of, you know, thinking or you know right. maybe you didn't notice some of the scary stuff because you weren't thinking right. a little bit more nuanced yeah not trying to call out any of the you know people from Martinsville <laughs> let them know let them just know. saying <laughs> well if they're just into like slasher movies then Halloween ends is coming out this fall they can wait for that right see my girl Kyle Richards I heard she's gonna be in it again I have never seen a single Halloween movie I don't even know how many there are Kristen yeah. Steele I see I just like I'm not interested I understand it's not for everybody is that is is that Michael Myers yeah okay I get him and Jason mixed up oh honey that is, is that Nightmare on Elm Street that's Freddy Krueger <laughs> yeah. where is jason where's he from he's at some camp or something that's where it originates or i think that's kind of spooky yeah it's like a summer camp see that's i just i don't i don't know anything horror that's where i really have a deficit as a human being (laughs) um but i i definitely implore you to see it i mean you it literally just came out this past weekend so you have weeks to decide if you want to wait for more information to come in mm-hmm. here's some more reviews you know because the people who saw it this weekend are either like movie critics or people who were just excited AF right. for it like love mm-hmm. Jordan Peele mm-hmm. which 
which I don't consider myself in that group, but I was very excited for this movie. Okay. Um, and it just had a lot of hype and I've been seeing previews for it for like eight months now. Okay. I'm not going to lie. You've piqued my interest. And now that I'm thinking about it, I did see signs, um, which you also might not be familiar with. Um, is that a movie? Yes. Okay. It does involve aliens. So um, I will take back that I have never liked a movie with aliens in it because that one was pretty creepy. But then again, I think the last time I saw it, I was like 12. So yeah, might not be the best review. Okay. Interesting. Good to know. Um, so yeah, let me, I would definitely love to hear what you think after. Oh my gosh. Now I feel like I have to go see both of them this weekend and like give a full, a full horror report. Well, you do black phone and nope. Yeah. You might even be able, I mean, I'm telling you black phone has been out for a minute. So I feel like you might be able, able to like rent it somewhere, but I feel like if you're going to pay for it, just go to the movies. I mean, honestly, I think like movie tickets here are like 10 bucks. Yeah. So I'm like, I should put this in while I'm here. (laughs) Yeah, get in on that. And I will be eagerly awaiting your opinion. Yes. Okay. I'm holding myself committed by saying it on the podcast. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, So like you heard last week, this week, we're going to be talking about the Netflix documentary called Girl in the Picture it it's just girl in the picture it's not the girl not a girl it's just girl in the picture um and it's just like a hour 40 minute long documentary if you haven't watched it already um you know I don't really even know where to start I 100% agree (laughs) this is the most insane we this is the most insane thing we've ever watched I it's if it's not the, it's definitely up there. It's I mean, definitely up there. I, I can't, I can't believe that this actually happened. It is. I, it is more shocking than when what's her face got abducted twice. Yeah. That, that one was pure stupidity. Like they were just dumb. Like this one is genuinely like you uh, have you have murder you have mis- stolen identity you have sexual assault you have kidnapping like there's a yeah, lot maybe we on. should put a trigger warning on this one i mean my god if you are triggered in any way by any of those things this ain't the one for you i'm sorry yeah, i would suggest skipping it 100 percent because it has every bad thing that could happen to a person happen to girl in the picture <laughs> um so I guess we'll start with I just I had a note here that I loved the production of this one it was kind of interesting the way that they this the storytelling was you know it wasn't sequential like they went in forward in time back in time forward in time again I really like that and I mean it makes sense when now that you have like the whole picture of the whole story of what happened mm-hmm. like you needed to do that to jump around and so I really liked the production of it I liked all the interviews that they did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I liked all the old footage and stuff yep. like that um the like dramatic uh reproductions were not cringy yeah um I really liked it from that aspect I I agree with everything you said. I think something that I really appreciated about the way they filmed it is like you said, like it was kind of like 
it was going back and forth a little bit, but it, there was never a point where you were like confused, but they also yeah. did it like so well chronologically that honestly, when they gave you a new piece of inter- information, you didn't see it coming. You had yeah. absolutely no idea that they were about to say that. Right. Right. It was, it was insane. Like, honestly, I feel like almost speechless about this documentary. Like it was that wild to me. It was like a roller coaster ride. I have whiplash. A hundred percent. Um, so I guess we'll just start like, see, here's the thing. Like we don't find out. So her, her spoiler, her real name is Suzanne yes. is who we find out. That is her birth name. And we don't find that out of course, until the very end, which is also when we like meet her family and meet her mom and her dad. So I guess the story of like how, Suzanne like was separated from her family is a little confusing to me because like I guess her mom and her dad just sort of like separated and the dad went to Vietnam and the mom was in charge of the kids Mm -hmm. mom definitely seemed like a little bit of a basket case for sure I'm not gonna lie I think she even admitted to that especially back in you know her younger days so she had, she had Suzanne and then she had twin girls, yeah, right? Two other girls. Mm-hmm. And so, Suzanne was the oldest. Okay. Suzanne's the oldest. Right. So she, she like originally sent them to a like church, right. To be adopted. Like, I don't know. She, cause that's where she met Floyd. Right. Was at the church. Uh-huh. So was it were they was she put him up for adoption? See, that's that's what she like made it sound at least. She was just like talking about how she knew that she like wasn't, you know, she wasn't gonna be able to take care of them. Da, da, da. Right, right. Um, she couldn't take care of all of them. But then she I guess she like started going to the church and that's where she met Floyd. Um but see, I don't that's what that's one thing I'm unclear about. Like I don't know how Floyd got Suzanne so and what I happened to think, the twins I think he just wanted her and just took her and not the twins like he just didn't care about the twins yeah yeah so do, do we know how old Suzanne was when she was like taken I feel like I remember them saying between the ages of five and seven Oh, really? Okay. Because I also remembered that they mentioned that her story about her mom was that she died in a car accident when she was like in the second grade or something. Oh. So I have a feeling she was probably around the age that she would have been in second grade. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know. Do you think it would be like, make sense to like start where we start in the documentary? Like basically she's like in high school. Oh yeah. Yeah. We could do that. Okay. Yeah. So that was a really interesting way of them, like introducing us to like all of these people is because like you said, they start with her in high school when she Mm -hmm. apparently was just like the bee's knees and was everyone's friend. And she was so awesome and popular. Mm -hmm. And we meet like her high school friends. Yeah. I thought that was real sweet. I liked that. Yeah. Yeah. And like her high school friends, they like stay through the entirety of the documentary, Mm -hmm. like all the way up until they find her true identity. Mm -hmm. Um, so this whole thing started when her name was then Tanya, right? Tanya Hughes, um, which all of her friends in high school knew her as she was found. I think she was found dead in 1990. Um, but she was hit by a car. 
So or I it was made to look like some like a hit and run, but I think they said right that that the uh, what is the word I'm looking for the the wounds or whatever didn't match uh-huh. up with a hit. Oh uh, yes, yes. Okay, so basically, like now we know that that like they're basically insinuating that Floyd killed her. Right. What was his name as her dad? Mark. Mike? Um. Clarence Clarence okay. Clarence yes so who that was like all these freaking names I couldn't keep up I know but I thought like it was just like so interesting because they start out the whole documentary they're like oh here's this girl like she always rooted for the underdog made everyone mm-hmm. feel welcome and you're like oh she's just a nice girl but then it's like you start learning about like her disaster of a life yes. and you realize that she understands what you feel like and wants to be your friend so that you don't have to feel that way but they start out just kind of like giving you an idea of like who she was and why people liked her and then you start talking to the friends and you're just like hearing these stories like um one of her best friends I guess they met at some camp or something I can't remember exactly what it was Mm -hmm. but she basically talks about how she was at Tanya's house like for a sleepover or something and he tells her like you just lay there and cover your eyes with a pillow and proceeds to rape Tanya while her friend is just like laying there yeah yeah and then Tanya's like oh that's just daddy like don't worry about it that's just how he is like I can't I can't even imagine like having that trauma of like no. I mean if, you know being Tanya of course but then the the friend who has to who's sitting there just like witnessing this whole thing as a child and he had earlier threatened them with a gun so like because yeah. I, I can see people being like oh my god why didn't she do something because this man came in while they were like half naked with a gun like right he was worried that he would like I don't know kill her right yeah oh. that that was very, very true. And then there are other stories like that where he would like buy her like lingerie oh. and stuff like that. Yeah. And she would show her friends and they'd be like, that's weird. And she's like, oh, I think it's cute. Like, <laughs> poor girl. So ultimately, they will like later on, they have a kid, I guess one of the kids, Michael, mm-hmm. together, which I guess she got pregnant like eight, she was 18. Yeah, because there were what were there like one or two other kids? I think two. Yeah, I think two too. See, oh, like this is too crazy. I, I can't know. even like remember. Know, that's details. what I'm saying. Like y'all, literally, like it is so much. It's so it, it's like hard to keep track in your brain because it's like I feel like my brain is like I don't want to process this. Yeah, it's way too much to process. Yeah. Um. So they have Michael. I feel like she, I feel like she got pregnant like right after high school. Um, but then she died when she was 20. Yeah. So, so I think what had happened was the dad made them move again. Uh-huh. And they ch- to Arizona when she got pregnant. Okay. She got pregnant and they had to move. That's uh-huh. what her friends told us from high school. Uh-huh. And he made her like work at strip clubs and I remember they interviewed one of the strippers and she was like I saw her offering money to have sex with these men and she was like hey like we don't do that here like you don't have to do that and she was like well my daddy told me to yeah yikes yeah yeah oh my gosh and then she got pregnant again 
Yeah. So that first one, I think, is the one that we find out that she gave up for adoption. Okay. Right, I think. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, basically, they kept Michael, but then the other two kids, they gave up for adoption. Yeah. And with Michael, that's how they kind of found out that she was, like, a missing person was because Mm -hmm. Michael was on the news because he also was missing after or at the same time that she died, that Tanya, then Tanya died <laughs> and someone saw her on TV. Wait, are we getting the friends confused? What do you mean? Her friends from high school did not meet her at summer camp. It's the girl that recognized her on TV right. that knew her from summer camp. Was her right. original name Tanya? So that's what she was in high school. But then I think when she was like working at the strip club and stuff, she was Sharon. Right. So I think that they were like, she was known as Sharon at the time when she went missing. And they were like, who's Sharon? Like, that's Tanya. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it was the girl's mom who saw her on TV about the missing Mm -hmm. boy. And they went to the FBI and they're like, no, that's Tanya. Oh my gosh. Jesus Christ. Oh, so... I wish that we, I mean, I I kind of, I'm kind of glad we didn't get an entire background on Floyd, which I'm going to call him. I think that was his full name that they found, like that his legal name. When they finally found out who he truly was. Yeah. Maybe not. I just can't like in my notes, I just keep calling him Floyd, but um, (laughs) like that's not one of his names at all. (laughs) That's one of, yeah. I don't know. Someone may have called him that. Who knows? Um, I wish we got more of his backstory because like, what the hell, dude, who made you this way Yeah, to do all of these terrible things? Well, because I guess like at the end, when we find out that she had actually, so they call the FBI and they're like, no, this is Tanya. And I don't remember exactly what happened if they like test her dental records or what but yeah they eventually find out that she actually was Suzanne like we mentioned at the beginning where her mom um had her and the twin girls and this man Floyd Clarence whoever the fuck had kidnapped her but they do once you discover all that they do kind of go into his like criminal past and I mean this man had like rape charges like pedophilia charges like I don't understand like how this man was evil even out on the street to be mm-hmm. able to kidnap another child this was right. the first time right yeah. Like you said, this is definitely a, well, this is obviously crazier than abducted in plain sight, but then also captain captive audience vibes yeah. of like snatching kids and changing your name all the time right. to do crazy, disgusting things. Yes. Um, and we haven't even mentioned the friend at the strip club, Cheryl, right? who like had a relation, you know, quote unquote relationship with Floyd who shocker also gets murdered and videotapes them naked at the beach yes and accidentally plays it for someone <laughs> the yeah. babysitter yeah. oh my gosh that she was my favorite in the whole documentary she was oh, kind of crazy personality yeah, yeah. she's spooky but it, it was sad because she talked about I guess she she was their neighbor right and yeah so she babysat Michael when he was mm-hmm. little and so she's like going down memory lane like 
you know, and she must have been like a teenager at the time watching Michael. Um, but she was the real MVP. That woman is a storyteller. Yes, she is. We need more Michelle. We really do some pizzazz. That's for sure. Yes. She understood the assignment when Netflix came calling. She was like, I know what I'm waiting my whole life. I've been waiting for this. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So, and this is me honestly just plumb forgetting. Did they find Michael's body? Did he end up taking them to where he was or? I feel like they did. Well, no, they found, they found Cheryl's body. Right. But I, I don't, I don't think they, they eventually found out how Michael was killed. Um, they like got that out of him. Like once Floyd was on death row and had nothing else to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, they got that out of him because we haven't mentioned the guy who was writing the book, right? He was like writing a book about this whole deal. Right. Right. Um, and do, he was inve- an investigative journalist and was like doing all this digging about it and went to go talk to Floyd on death row. Um, Godspeed to you, sir. No kidding. Um, and he told them how he killed Michael, but I don't know if he ever said where his remains were. Yeah. Oh, now I got to look that up. That's one that I got to find out for sure. Yeah. Um, so then also enter Megan, who, in addition to Michael is also one of Tanya slash Sharon slash Suzanne and Floyd. She was also a great addition. She really was. She was a great addition. She really was. She was so well spoken and just like had such a great outlook on it. I felt like yeah, she really did. And then of course now she has a child and named him Michael after her brother. I loved that. Which you know her adopted family definitely seemed super cool and good and nice. But that doesn't, like, you still have a missing hole when you, you know, you don't have any of your blood family. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So I'm sure it was nice for her that she was able to, like, get this closure with everything. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I th- I literally, like, teared up when I heard that she, like, named her son Michael after yeah. the other. I thought that was so sweet and just, like, I don't know it's just like I feel like I definitely understand how it's like so much to process for her finding out like who her real parents were because you know Clarence slash Floyd whatever the fuck like that was also her dad and that's a lot to process like understanding that your mother was kidnapped and raped to have you um but I really do appreciate the kind of like stance she took on it just like wanting to honor her mom because everyone Mm -hmm. had so many good things to say about her and like they're really close like with her um family now and like right. they get to see their grand their great grandson yeah um, and just have that experience now so I I feel like that's almost like that's probably exactly what she would have wanted is like that yeah. family and it's, to be together and it's like the silver lining in it like Absolutely. that I mean like a thousand props to Megan because I would have not handled it, the situation as well as she did um yeah but then also like she got to hear all of those great stories from Tanya's high school friends of how great of a person she was Mm -hmm. um and is able to have those stories of her mom forever when everything else is like pretty bleak and sad and gross 
Oh, I know. I, it's just like, at least like, I'm glad that she has like the stories that like the friends who did know her in high school and, and like after that can share, but like, I can't imagine how hard it is to, for like the family because they like, don't know. Right. That's so sad. Um. So I just realized I had written down that I guess so Floyd took all of the girls originally, I think, oh. took the twins to get adopted oh, and then he kept Suzanne. Okay. That's where we got the adoption piece. from. So that begs the question, where are the twins? Where are they at? What are they up to? Whoa. Can you imagine like watching this and being like, wow, I look just like that girl. Or like, especially them being twins, could you imagine like they both are just like, they've always felt like something was just missing or something. And they're like, oh my God, what if that's because we were adopted when we weren't supposed to be. (laughs) And maybe they separated them. I don't think that they keep twins together when they're in foster care and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Because a lot of people don't want to adopt two kids. Yeah. They want to adopt one. (laughs) Right. Right. And I guess they were young enough at that point that like, you know, they probably don't have any memory of being twins. Oh, interesting. So as a part of the test involved in the adoption process for Michael. Oh, okay. So Michael was with, oh, that's right. He got put into foster care. Remember that old couple that watched him? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and then Floyd came and took him from school. Yes. He tried to take him back um, and they wanted to adopt him. And as part of the test, they discovered via DNA that Floyd was actually not Michael's biological father. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. All of these details. Oh, wow. Okay. He stopped their house, paranoid. Four years after Suzanne's suspicious death, Floyd kidnapped Michael from his school grounds. Yeah. Marching him, marching into the school, he held the principal at gunpoint. Yes. And like made the principal like drive them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then it says Michael has never been seen again. Wow. Michael could still be alive somewhere. He could. Previous children Floyd had kidnapped, including (laughs) whose girl hold the phone, including (laughs) Susanna's younger brother, Philip. What? were believed to be dead after he snatched them. However, in a massive turn of events, DNA testing in 2019 confirmed a man who had been adopted as a baby was in fact the missing Philip. What? Philip? We didn't hear anything about a Philip. What? Floyd claimed he had shot the boy in the back of the head and buried him shortly after kidnapping. He gave the FBI a location, but after three days of searching, nobody. Wow. They knew Netflix knew that we couldn't handle that all that information. I mean, my brain is literally like, I think it doesn't want to process it because I'm traumatized for this entire family for the whole for the whole match of them oh my god that 
look, look, that man deserved to die. I'm going to say it and I'm going on record saying it. That man deserved to die. That is one sick motherfucker. My God. Yes. He does not deserve all of the government funds to support him in jail. The the 25 cents a day it costs to keep him in jail. So I'm wondering if maybe the piece we didn't remember or didn't, or they didn't put too much emphasis on is she is their mom had a fourth baby. And so like, that's why she was like, I maybe need to get rid of these kids because I can't take care of all of them. I can't do it. And they just didn't put as much emphasis on, I mean, honestly, they didn't put a lot of emphasis on any of her siblings. It really was like, he kept her. And that's kind of what they said. I wonder who Philip's dad is then. If it's the same guy who like identified himself as Suzanne's dad. Who the hell knows? I don't think I can find out any more about this poor girl's <laughs> life. I can't. I can't. May she rest in peace. I hope she is up in heaven, just having the time of her life, doing all the things she didn't get to do when she was actually young. Yeah. Let me tell you, girl, honestly, it was probably for the best. <laughs> it really was. Like, if he would have kept that on, no, like, I'm telling you, if he would not have killed her, no one would have found out about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like she just would have like dropped off the face of the earth and like he would have changed his identity and moved on. Yep. And kidnapped another five-year-old. I did confirm in that article too, that she was five when he took them. Oh my gosh. But okay. I'm glad that you brought up Michael's adoptive parents. Those people also seemed really cool. Oh my God. So sweet. Yeah. They had him from like two to six then. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also I think they mentioned that they had like eight other kids or something like that. Yeah. They did like, have a lot damn. of kids. I thought it was sweet though, to like hear them talk about how he seemed when he came to them, like, you know, he wasn't really developmentally where he should be. He wasn't socially where he should be. Mm-hmm. And just like, after, you know, they just like stopped feeding him garbage. Like, you, I'm sorry. This I was about to say. This is this might be breaking news, but you do not give a two year old soda in a sippy cup. Like I'm sorry. Like I'm definitely <laughs> not one of those people who's like, don't give your children soda. I fucking live off of Coke Zero and Diet Coke. I would never do that. There is a certain age where that is not permitted, and two right. is part of that age range. Yes. So she said they just started giving him milk and all of a sudden it was just like, a boom. Yeah. I'm like, my God. Oh my gosh. That is so sad. I know, but that is like, so interesting that they still don't know where he is. Like, I'm just like, you know, that would be a good way to throw people off though, that he's like still alive because it's like, okay, maybe he got the coordinates wrong. You know what I mean? That's probably what the FBI was thinking. Like, oh, maybe yeah. he, he mixed he, it up or whatever. He's just psycho. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh yeah, I killed him and this is where I buried him. And they're like, okay, he probably just got the coordinates wrong, whatever. But like, they're sitting there thinking like he definitely killed him. So they, they're not out here looking for Michael. Yeah. It's also been like, like Michael would be older than us. He's like in his thirties. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. So like trying to identify a 30 year old man based off of pictures of someone when they're six yeah which who knows like he probably doesn't have like a birth certificate yeah I'm just saying like if you have been adopted I don't know if anybody out there listening 
is a Caucasian male, roughly between 30 and 40, and you haven't done a DNA, you know, ancestry.com situation, mm-hmm. I think maybe you should, because there is a chance that you are Michael. You are missing Michael. I, I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. And if you have vague memories of being in a foster home and then being kidnapped <laughs> by who you thought was your father, who, who, wait, no, he didn't know he was by a random man who actually turned yeah. out to not be your father, but probably claimed that he was. <laughs> if you remember being kidnapped from your school and having your principal held at gunpoint, <laughs> You know, maybe like get, get your DNA into the system somehow. Oh my gosh. Oh but my like, gosh. that's something too, though, like that almost makes me believe that he probably isn't alive or he just doesn't want people to know because I don't care what age you are. That is something that you're not going to forget. Right. Because I mean, I, I barely honestly have memories of being like, five and six I would say mm-hmm. but like if it was something that traumatic like my dad coming into the school and taking me out and then holding my principal at the <laughs> point in front of me I think I would probably remember that right especially when like bef- like leading up to this he was with the nice people who were like giving him a nice home and place to live yeah. and then all of a sudden everything sh- shit hits fan. Yeah, especially like for four years, like those are the years he probably remembers. Like, let's be honest, between the age of one and two, he has no recollection. So right. He's like, who the fuck is this man? Yeah. He's like, who are you? He claims to be my dad, but he isn't actually. He act. Yeah. I, I, that's even more interesting. I wonder if they ever tested his DNA to find out who his biological father was. Because, yeah. you know, based on her life situation, I would have to assume it was someone that you know, he made her sleep with for money or something, but right. You know, maybe yeah. she was out there trying to get what she could while she was doing her thing. I don't know. No judgment to Suzanne slash Tanya slash Sharon. What a, what a life, like not in a good way. Like what a terrible oh life. Um, do you remember how did Megan like come forward? Like, how did she find out about that she was like Suzanne's kid. I feel like it was one of those ancestry DNA things. Was it? I can't, I can't remember. I think she knew that she had been adopted. Uh Gosh, I wish I could remember. I honestly don't. Um, But I think she did always know that she was adopted. I mean, I don't know if she like saw her story or something and was like, wow, I look a lot like a woman as a kid or something. I'm, I don't really know, actually. I can't Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like they, they like introduced her because they were talking to the guy who was writing the book and he was like trying to find out who Suzanne was. And like someone contacted him and was like, Hey, I have one of her relatives and it was Megan. Right. But yeah. How did they find that out? I I know maybe they ran Suzanne's DNA through the system and somehow found her. I really, I really can't remember, honestly. Yeah. Or may I mean maybe would she, like if they had okay so Suzanne is dead they have her DNA I guess mm-hmm. they being like FBI government overlords or whatever um, and then Megan submits her DNA and it matches but they're like we don't actually know who this girl is kind of yeah. thing 
this is like she's like Jane Doe basically right um but I think and I think Megan knew too that like her adopted mother told her that her mom died in a car accident yeah I feel like she knew that I think so too Man, I gotta rewatch this now. It, it's oh like, no, I gotta go back and be like, what now? I literally like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I I don't like it's not even like, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I literally have okay, hold on. It was so hard, but I gotta find out now. <laughs> it was a whirling dervish of information. Are you finding all this stuff just on Wikipedia? Just Googling, yeah. Okay. Is there a lot of information out there? yeah okay cool seems like there's a lot of conspiracy theories too Ooh, i love that because i'm wondering like prior to this documentary how well known i know i've never heard anything about it and i'm like how okay she learned about her mother after a book was published about the mystery of sharon marshall oh Uh, okay come on that's one thing I hate is like you uh, Google something and then it's like you got to read through the whole fucking article. <laughs> right. I wish play. I could just control find in this. Okay. Who was her last child? Okay, so Megan was her last child. She was put up for adoption in 1989. Okay. She learned about it from the book and Megan ended up taking part in the documentary. That's all it says. Okay. Well, we need more information than that. So it's got to be out there somewhere. I know. What was the name of the book again? Um, Just something about Sharon Marshall. Oh, hold on. Yeah, it doesn't say. That must have been. It, it's the mystery of Sharon Marshall. Okay. The mystery. Interesting. Okay, well, that's something that y'all can read uh, in your downtime when you're when you're still like processing all of the information that was just thrown upon us. I mean, I almost feel like I didn't even watch it because I know, I'm, like, we're over here, like, I don't remember. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad that I, it's not like just me though that my my memory is failing me. No, it um, was just too much. It was a wild, wild ride. Um, so anyways, on that note, I honestly would give it a 10 out of 10. I loved it. I thought it was so interesting. I, I like that something like this is getting highlighted to almost like, I feel like it reminds you of things that can happen that you would never think could happen. But also Uh I really feel like it was truly in memory of her. Like I think they represented her so positively. They've shown how she still has such a positive impact on everyone that knows her and how her family is kind of carrying that tradition on. I would, if you like this kind of stuff, I do understand that some people like it's depressing. And, you know, if you don't want to watch something depressing, just to watch something depressing, I get that. But it was just, it was so good. I agree. I agree. And like the note that they ended on with like actually getting her headstone replaced and like Megan being part of it and like Mm -hmm. bring, bringing the family together. And like you said, the way that they showed her like it worked because it gave us a positive impression where we're like oh my god this like poor soul who Mm -hmm. like was loved by so many people Mm -hmm. um yeah and I think it's also a great message of like I mean maybe 
we should be opening up more to our friends about things that are happening in the home, but that's neither here nor there. It was a different time. It was a different time. It was the eighties. It was the seventies. I get it. But also too, just like realizing like she, everybody who knew her knew not one thing that she had bad going on in her life because she was so sweet, so kind to other people. So I think that's also a good takeaway is to like, remember, you know, just because someone is supportive and encouraging and kind and all of those things, you know, make sure you're taking the time to notice warning signs or just check in and like, make sure they're doing okay. Because sometimes those are the people that are concealing the darkest things. Yeah. That's a really, really good point. Such a great documentary. I, it's definitely one of my favorites that we've watched. I I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it too. I mean, like the story and the, um, the production, even though we can't remember a damn thing, it was so really good. That's not their fault. That's just like the human brain is like, okay, I know this isn't your own trauma, but like, I can't process this. Yeah. Honestly, maybe they should have split it into like three parts or something. Oh yeah. So you could kind of like digest it. And yeah. Back. And really like expand on like certain periods of her life. Yeah. Um, You know, you have like her childhood and then you have her teenagehood and then you have her working at the strip club you know mm-hmm. her stripperhood <laughs> <laughs> oh that is too funny um so yeah I would I see I get uncomfortable like not uncomfortable but I feel like it's unfair to like rate things like this sometimes because especially true crime yeah. because I'm not gonna be like oh like I give it a four out of ten even though it's about the like an entire family getting murdered like, yeah well see then, I feel like I'm the opposite I feel like I feel bad giving it a 10 out of 10 because like it's literally all about this poor girl's terrible life and I'm like yeah so interesting <laughs> <laughs> highly entertaining <laughs> Uh, that's fair though but yeah it was awesome I really enjoyed it um so I guess we'll talk about next week um so we're gonna do something a little bit different we're gonna take a break from the true crime again there's a lot of true crime stuff out there right now um which I guess that's just who we are as a society now like people just can't get enough murder which is fine but we're gonna do something a little bit different next week and we're gonna watch another Netflix documentary this one is called how to change your mind so it's a four-part documentary and each one of the episodes covers some sort of psychedelic drug and how they use it um and honestly Cassie and I are kind of kind of coming into this with like not a whole lot of background on like psychedelic drugs and their use especially now like in the medical world so this will be very interesting do you have like any sort of expectations going into it I I don't I am interested to see kind of I've all I feel like you know I as Kristen said we don't have any experience I've never done any kind of drugs like that hope you're listening mom (laughs) Um, clean as a whistle yeah but you know I do understand a lot of appeal and like why people might want to use things like that instead Mm -hmm. of medicine especially like with like I don't know the opioid epidemic and all those fun things um so I'm really interested to hear how they're using it and see if it's like actually kind of becoming a movement or just talks 
Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. But that is the end of this episode. This is episode 26. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. And follow us on Instagram, pre please. We are at a case, the number four, the FBI. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.